Well, hello everybody. We are 242 this week. If this recording is coming out when I hope it is. Um, let's just jump right in. Somebody asked me about the Christian conception of hate. And is it a sin? Is it something that makes you dark in your soul? Is it something that we have to declare war on and declare an act of domestic terrorism when you hate something? <gasps> well, the short answer is yes. No and yes. First, let's get to the no part. No, because hate is, I mean, if we look at the Oxford Dictionary definition of here. Uh, Oxford Learner's Dictionary says it is a strong feeling of dislike for somebody or something. Um, does that sound like it is an intentional act? Because if it's an intentional act or attitude or a nature sin, like original sin, um, it seems a little odd that it would be hatred that's the sin here. If I say I hate SpaghettiOs, have I sinned? I just, I just can't stand that disgusting tomato paste smell. I can't stand that um, processed texture of what is clearly semi-wheat, semi-soft paste cardboard going into my mouth. I just look, ugh, can't do it. If I say that, have I sinned? Do I need to be um, rebuked by my church or kicked out of my congregation, put under church discipline for the simple fact that, uh, you know, I hate Cheerios or SpaghettiOs or pickles or whatever? No. But let's go one step further and let's say, okay, well, maybe the people who would say hate in itself is a sin, um, if they're going to go ahead and say, no, no, it is hating someone that is a sin, a person, a group, um, any, any one thing or another that is automatically a sinful thing that makes you deserve rebuke and forces you to repentance. My question is, chapter and verse, please. Because I can give you four separate commandments on who you are not allowed to hate. Period. I can also give you specific verses that tell you who you are not to love. Can you give me anything in the Bible that says, you shall not hate? And here is where we get to the yes part. So if the no part is, is hatred in and of itself a sin? The answer is no. Is hate wrongly applied a sin? Absolutely. And to do that, we're going to go ahead and we're going to go to the book of 1 John. And, and I'm just going to lightning blast through these verses. St. John here, the apostle, is, well, I guess you could call him the first theologian of hate. Because he here is repeating something over and over and over again. From 1 John chapter 2, verse 9, Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. 1 John 2, verse 11, Whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness, and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. 1 John 3, verse 15, 
Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. And First uh, John 4 verse 20, If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. So what is St. John saying here? If you hate your brother, you are in darkness. And if you claim to be a, a Christian, a saint of God most high, but you hate your brother, you are in darkness. You are blinded by your hate. You are also guilty of murder. Yes, if you hate your brother, you are a murderer. You are a violator of the fifth commandment. And of course, if you say that you love God, but you hate your brother, you don't love God. So question, when it comes to that though, we have to ask two questions. Who, what is hate? according to the Greek word that he's using, and who is your brother? Let's answer the second question first. Your brother is your brother or sister in Christ, fellow Christians, period. St. John is not referring to the family unit, although that is most definitely applicable. You, you can't really say that... Uh, you're obeying the fourth commandment to honor your father and your mother if you hate them or if you hate your siblings. But St. John isn't really talking about that. It, to the contrary, St. John would be telling you, look, if you hate your fellow Christian, you are not a Christian. You are not, you don't love God. You aren't walking in the light. You are a hypocrite. If you hate your brother. Because St. John here, remember, in his gospel and in his epistles, he is speaking to the church of Jesus Christ in its infancy as a family. So you're not a brother in Christ because that's just a word. You are truly adopted into the kingdom of Jesus Christ with people. And that makes you adopted brothers and sisters. So if you hate that which God loves so intensely, you're, well, that's bad. <laughs> you're, you're hating them the way the devil hates them. Through jealousy, through not letting something go, through unforgiveness, through any number of things. It's still just hatefulness. And that is the hate that you are not permitted as a Christian to engage in. Period. End of story. Don't hate your brothers and sisters in Christ. But now we have to ask the question, well, what about hating anything else? And here's where people get really uncomfortable. Because we want to have things, we have like entire charities and NGOs and stuff like that, that even have hate in the name, like Defeat Hate Co Coalition, Hope Not Hate, that sort of thing. And it's, it's all platitudes. Because I guarantee you, every single one of the people in those groups 
has at least a little bit of hate in their heart. Hate is a disposition. Hate is an emotion. Hate is something that uh, grows in your heart towards something because your old Adam, your sinful flesh, is going to feel anger. And guess what? Your new Adam will as well. Let's turn here to the book of Hebrews and we're going to go to chapter 1. And we have an, a very interesting verse here. And we'll go ahead and read this in context here. Let's start here with verse 4. Speaking of our Lord Jesus. Um, actually, let's go to verse 3. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, becoming as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Uh, to, for, to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you? Or again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. But of the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Ah, Jesus Christ feels and has hatred. The Son of God, second person of the Trinity, God himself hates wickedness. And before, before you start going on and on and on about well, God so loved the world from John 3, 16. You are absolutely right. God does love his creation and everything in it. He also hates people, though. Because when it says that Jesus hates wickedness, there, the Bible does proclaim people to be wicked. He does proclaim that he hates those who hate him. God hates. Is that mutually exclusive with his love? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because hate and love are not mutually exclusive emotions or dispositions. You can hate and love somebody at the same exact time. How do we know this? Because God does, and so too do you, being made in the image of God, have the capacity to hate somebody and love somebody at the same time. So, God hates those who hate him. We, we feel that same way, oftentimes. But for God himself, it is in the capacity of law that he hates those who hate him. His righteousness, his justice will not tolerate the presence of sin, let alone excruciatingly sinful rebellion against God Most High. At the same time, however, God being love, as St. John says in 1 John, God is love. He loves them for the sake of his own creation, for the sake of his own holiness, and even loving these people for their own sake, as agape love shows us. So God can hate a wicked man. 
but also love him at the same time. He hates him for the fact that the man has sinned and hates God. But he loves him for the fact that God created him and knew him, knew the hairs on his head before he was even born. We can have these two things without there being any cognitive dissonance. I hate you for this, but I love you for that. And that's okay. How do we know this? How do we know it's okay? Why? Because look at the marvelous character of the Lord our God, that he sent his son to die for whom? Sinners. And St. Paul says that at one point we were all enemies of God. Let's go over here to Ephesians chapter 1 and read about that because it's very, very interesting that we would look at this. If God, if it is righteous to hate those who hate the Lord, but at some point we were definitionally those who hate God, hmm, Actually, sorry, not Ephesians, uh, Romans chapter 5 here. St. Paul gives us quite the readout of this situation. Before our salvation, what were we? Romans chapter 5 verse 10 says, While we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Before you became a Christian, you were an enemy of God. And whether or not you consciously understood it or knew it, you hated God. Period. That's it. And so, in righteousness, through the law, did God have every right to hate you? Absolutely. Did his wrath abide on you before you were saved? 100%. Did Jesus still die for you? Absolutely. And did God still before you were a believer, provide you your daily bread? Did he still provide you with your clothing, your food, your shelter, your warmth, your companionship? Absolutely. Because though we merit his hatred, he still loves us as well. Now, that said then, are we as Christians therefore commanded to hate? Because if it's righteous to hate wickedness, should we also do that? Yeah, but in a certain sense. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 says, um, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, cleave unto what is good, or cling to what is good. And that's a different word. We're going to get into the words here. But it's actually a stronger word for hatred than we're going to find from 1 John. It's uh, apostoguntes, uh, Strong's number 655, if you want to look that up. It is to detest or abhor. It is, um, it is an, a, what is a Greek lexicon guys are going to call it an intensive term, meaning you utterly detest with the core of your being you are disgusted by the very presence of evil so too is the christian then by apostolic command told to hate evil and there's nothing wrong with saying that i hate it when one man steals from another man i hate it when there is murder i hate child abuse and pedophilia 
I hate all of the sins that the Bible is going to tell me are sins because it is evil, poneron, and that's what I'm commanded to do. I'm supposed to be disgusted by it. So there you have it. Now, I am not commanded, and in fact, I'm commanded to not hate my brother or my sister in Christ. I am not commanded to hate those of my own family. I am supposed to give uh, honor to whom honor is due, and taxes to whom taxes are due, etc., and so forth, uh, to those who deserve it, but mm, I can still hate what they do. I can still absolutely hold serious hatred, but with qualifiers. So King David will write in Psalm 139, verse 21, Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against them? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. And King David here, being a model of righteousness, a type of Christ for us to follow here, is he sinning when he says that? Absolutely not. But I have to ask, which is more important? when it comes to that kind of hatred, that I feel really mad at them? Or, as King David specifies in Psalm 139, verse 22, I count them my enemies. Meaning, okay, they hate God, they are my enemies. If that counts as complete hatred to King David, simply saying, you are my enemy, that's okay. That is a hundred percent okay, but it's more important to say yes. Okay, so when it comes to people, by quote unquote hating those who hate the Lord, I am merely counting them as my enemy. I'm not going to do what they want me to do. Uh, I guess unless it is benign stuff from a ruling authority, per Romans 13. But I will say they're my enemies. But even more important than that, in Proverbs 8, verse 13, the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. You know, St. Paul echoes this in Romans 12, 9. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. God hates evil, and if I fear God, I'm going to do the same exact thing. But again, what is hatred? In the Old Testament, the uh, Hebrew word from there, Strong's 8130, is uh, pronounced sane. And it's, uh, it means to detest. It means enmity. It means foes. It means to turn against somebody. And it even sometimes is used as something of a, uh, a verb for enemy. Now you see in the Hebrew, in the Old Testament, to hate is just to simply declare somebody to be your foe, your enemy. Are we making sense here? However, for the, uh, sorry, for the Greek, it's a very interesting term that doesn't mean the same thing. It's Strong's number 3404, Miseo. It's a verb. It can mean to hate or detest, um, 
Uh, but again, if you want a strong version that really means the modern conception of frothing at the mouth, hatred, that's apostoguntes, and that is cataforneo. Those are the more like fire in your belly, hatred, hatred kind of things. But in 1 John, where he says, you know, you're not allowed to hate your brother. If you do hate your brother, you're a hypocrite, blah, 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 blah. Miseo is properly to love someone or something less. You're renouncing one choice in favor of another. It is not the Old Testament sense of hatred that is simply declaring somebody else to be an enemy and saying, I'm, I have zero problems working against you and your goals and your maybe even your kind. Miseo as hatred is a kind of hatred that is not loving somebody as much or esteeming them less. It can be a total lack of love. It can be a total, um, a, a real hatred. Again, in the Greek, they would prefer harsher words for the kind of hate most people think of in here in the 21st century. But St. John is talking about something of a, I almost want to say a partiality, a dismissal, an esteeming of somebody as less. And obviously, again, this includes detesting your brother in Christ. This includes hating him in the 21st century sense. Don't do that for anybody that is a brother in Christ. Instead, you should forgive them. But it doesn't, it's, it's harder than that. Because if you honestly are just, you dread talking to somebody because they're annoying in church, you might be violating these commands. And it's something to repent of. If you just esteem them less, you love them less, you could care less about them, that, that could count as hatred, according to the New Testament here. So, what you should do in that case is repent, is pray for help loving your brothers and sisters in Christ. And you should pray for the ability to continue on in Christian love even when it's hard. And by all means, my goodness, the 21st century church right now is a complete and total mess. It is a disaster. I would estimate that 80% of the church right now is apostates, um, maybe even 85 five or so percent, six out of seven, are either apostates, not really believers, or people like Lot, Abraham's nephew, who are so swamped in sins and so swamped in the ways of Sodom that they are torturing their own righteous souls. And for those who really are Christians, well, we're kind of all living in Sodom right now. We're all living in the heyday of sin and evil. We are living in the era where it, it appears that the devil is triumphant. And so many supposed Christians are jumping in on that and joining in on that feeding frenzy that it's total wickedness. It's absolute ugliness. How do you not hate them? Well, you love them. You pray for them. Sometimes the most loving thing to do is to yell at them, to criticize them. You have to love somebody enough if they've hurt you or if they're 
clearly straying away from the true faith to, to get their attention. I would, I would honestly say I would rather have somebody slap me upside the head or just punch me right in the jaw to get my attention to say what I'm doing is stupid, evil, or unchristian rather than somebody say, oh yeah, we, we just love everybody and yeah, just, just do your thing. To be frank, if you're not willing to confront your brother or sister in Christ's sins or their sinful attitudes, sinful beliefs, everything, that might actually be hating them in St. John's sense. And that's the bad kind of hatred. That's the, the stuff, again, that we are commanded not to do. But when it comes to hating evil, hating wickedness, and even, in a sense, hating the wicked, those who hate God, not only are you justified in doing it, but when it comes to hating wickedness, you are called to and commanded to hate that thing. And I hope that clears it up. It's, it's weird because modern morality would tell you hate is always evil 100% of the time, except when we do it because you supported the wrong political candidate or you have opinions that I don't like, and if I say that you're hateful, therefore now I get to hate you and discriminate against you, destroy your life, etc. That's how the world operates. And that's not how Christ has called us to operate. And again, if you do hold hatred for something that is evil, if you are obeying this command... You are also, because it is not a value or an emotion that is the same as, uh, as the 21st century defines it, it is also the case then that your actions must not be as the world would do. What do people do when they hate somebody who is wicked these days? Oh, they destroy them. <laughs> Absolutely. They, they do their best to, I don't know, get them fired, get them bombed, get them shot, um, mess with their heads, mess with their relationships, ruin everything they have when the world or somebody who is worldly decides they hate you, they are going to, well, do their best to destroy you. That's just how it is. And at, at best, they'll just shun you. But they'll probably try to get other people to shun you as well. Because, of course, we can't keep our mouths shut. So, of course, they're going to talk about it. And other people are going to be like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he or she said that. And that's not biblical. To the contrary, from Romans chapter 12 and verse 19, St. Paul writes, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And remember, in the Old Testament conception of hatred, hatred of evil being fear of the Lord, it is recognizing that this thing is your enemy. This person is your enemy. This evil, this wickedness is an enemy, a foe to you. So what do you do? Well, you're willing to extend the right hand of provision and care for them. Because you know what the best way to obliterate an enemy is? Make them a friend. And in all other cases, 
uh, St. Paul says, well, leave space for God's wrath. Because there's nothing I can do to my enemy, no matter how bad it is. There's nothing I can do to them that God can't do, but worse. So I pray for God's justice regarding the situation, regarding whoever it is that I have designated in my heart to be an enemy. But I got to be careful. Because I also, at the same time, do not want to be found to be hating my brother or sister in Christ. If all this sounds like a little bit of a tightrope walk, that's because it is. Hate is a human capacity. Hate is a, a dispositional capacity that all of us have. And there's no getting around it. We are all at some point going to have, or already do have, or have had hate in our hearts for something or someone. There's no getting around it. The question, according to Holy Scripture, is who do you hate? What do you hate? It's not evil in itself to have hatred. Although St. Paul says, do not let the sun go down on your wrath, so you'd better make sure that this is not an impassioned thing that keeps you from sleeping at night. But, in all things, in all things, let us still, even, even with hatred, try to seek to do so in a loving way. Amen and amen.